Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everyone, I'm a Comey. Hey everybody, this is Turk182. Yeah. So, uh, Turk. Yes. You know, in uh, Endgame, or was it Endgame? I'm sorry. I can just now imagine our, our listeners now going, oh, she's not in <laughs> Endgame. Right? Maybe it's Infinity War. You know, um, the Dinklage, yeah, yeah. They, they cast him as a giant. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though he's built like a, a little dwarf man, they scale him up so that he looks like a giant. It's really cool. Well, I mean, I like he, it. he still looks like a, like a giant dwarf. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, like his... It, I imagine that somewhere, since they are, they are, their race is our dwarves. Yeah. That somewhere there is a race of normal people that are bigger than him. Probably so. Yeah. I'm just but saying, I, I like it. I, I did um, like that. I like it, it quite a it's bit. It's cool. So my question for you is, what would you do if you woke up late at night one night and at the foot of your bed was Kevin Hart, but he was scaled up just like that to be giant sized? So he still looks all short. I was going to still be taller than him. I'd be like, Ninja, what the hell are you doing in my house? <laughs> He says, "There's no way. There's no way I can wake up to find Kevin Hart in my house." What, what if because he was, I, would, I would hear him talking before he even came in there. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it just like penetrates into your dreams. You know, like you know how sometimes your alarm clock goes off and it just inserts itself into your dreams so that you can just sleep right through it. Right. So then you're just like sleeping, thinking, "Man, that's annoying. That that remote, that sounds a lot like Kevin Hart." And then you like wake up and he's right there. He's like, "I listen to your podcast." Wait, that's what he says? Yeah, and then he, like, picks you up by your feet and starts, like, wailing on you. Oh, well, then I... After... I would I would just let him... I'd just let him beat me. I tried to defend myself, but I would not hit him back. I wouldn't hit him back, because... That... I, I could only sit there and say, okay, I woke up in the middle of the night, and, you know, there was this... this somebody was in my house, and he started beating me up, and so I started fighting back, but then... the then the police would go, okay, so at some time the lights came on and you realized that you were, that you were fighting a minor and you still continue to beat them up. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, to my defense though, you know, I don't like him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then he like, he's, he's holding you upside down by your ankles and he's, he's shaking you back and forth. How did, well, you know, I will he's, say he is kind of jacked if you see him. He's, I mean, but then you have to, when you're. That's what I'm saying. When he's scaled up to be taller than you, he's, he's a legitimate threat here. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the. You could, you could make him Apache chief, and he could still not be taller than me. Uh, but and, and then he's he's like shaking you back and forth and saying, "I didn't like your podcast on women. Didn't appreciate it." And so you, I say, "I'm sorry. I didn't mean to defend you uh, to offend you and your sisters." <laughs> and then you realize he's not upset about any of the things we've said about him. He's just upset about our attitudes towards women. Hmm. I I would just let him beat me up, and then when it was all done, he goes to walk away. It's like. Big man, huh? Big man. <laughs> and then I, and then is he over? It's just becoming another episode of and that's how I got shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they never should have gave y'all midgets money. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was really, really upset um, at the end of uh, the the last podcast. Uh-huh. And I was like, and it's something that pissed me off. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And I've seen it so many times, and it's, it still pisses me off. It doesn't matter how many times I see it; it still pisses me off because I just don't like. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense to me, mm-hmm. and it, it angers me because I'm like, I don't understand why. Okay, oh god, this is. Uh, there are things that I see, and I look at them, and they 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 affect me. They rub me the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? Um, like like it's like rubbing Howard from like the tail up. 
You know? I haven't had that for a, for a long time. Uh, yeah. Getting rubbed the wrong way. And <laughs> <laughs> rub you the right way. So, um, uh, and it's because when I look at it, I'm like, okay, none of this makes any sense. None of it at all. Why are you guys pretending like it does make sense? It clearly does not. Why are you engaging in it? Look, there's Tiny Avenger. I really need to learn, learn her name so I can stop calling her that. <laughs> She's Debbie, Debbie Lee Carrington. Um, so she plays additional ducks. Additional ducks, which is a really short scene. Yeah, God, that is wrong. And, and it's just <laughs> a uh, just some of the some of the quick scenes in the beginning of people walking down the street and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so, so I see these things and I'm like, okay, this does not make sense in any fashion at all. Why are why are people buying into this as if it does? Mm-hmm. And like, stop. And I, I get that other people around you are like, no, 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 no. This is like, this is, this is it. And you're like, no, it's not. Like, just stop and say, okay, no, it's not. And if you believe that, fine. But I don't have to play ball. Right, right. You know, I don't have to play ball. And I know it's, this is going to sound like, like I'm really reaching, right? And, and I'm not because I'm talking about the human condition. Which is, this is the same kind of shit that happened that led to like, you know, like, that helped bolster Nazism, which is, <laughs> I don't agree with what's going on, but everybody around me is cool with it. And it doesn't seem like, like anyone's really saying no. And the few that are, um, the few that are saying like, no, like I, like this doesn't really seem to make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. their voices are just being drowned out, you know? And so I guess I might as well play ball. If everyone, you know, if everybody agrees that this makes sense, then I guess it must make sense. Or I'll just play along and I don't have to necessarily agree, but I don't have to disagree either. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of pissed me off because I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Just stop and think about it. it doesn't make any sense. Right, right. So the first thing is last night we were playing D&D and I was trying to, you know, I was looking up some stuff to, uh, uh trying to figure out some things that I've got, um, and figure out what they are and where they came from. I saw on eBay that someone had a, um, a collectible VME statue, uh, whatever of a, the uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. And you and I talked about this, about these these new, like, virtual collectible statues. Yeah. And you have to have this one particular app in order to even be able to access them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all part of the NFT thing. Well, right. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's not real. It's not real. And yes, you say, well, I own the digital thing of this. But it's one thing you said, I own the original digital model of this. It still doesn't really make any sense. Because who cares that you own a digital model of something like... What, what are you going to do with it? If you're not going to make something physical with it, that digital one doesn't matter. And it's just sitting out there in a place that you can't access. What happens if, for whatever reason, like the, the company, um, goes bankrupt or maybe they decide that they don't want to do this anymore because they would, they, they didn't make the kind of money they wanted to. And then like the, uh, they can no longer refuse to support the app anymore. Right. So then what? So now you can't access this thing that you own. And I mean, that kind of shit happens. Oh, yeah. So. So what happens then? Plus, what are you going to do with it? If you own this virtual thing, how often are you going to sit there and look at it? I look at my statues all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very proud of the statues that I have, you know, and and I don't mind talking about them. But I like looking over at them and like, there you go. There's my small little shrine to Hawkeye, which should be at least twice as big. <laughs> but I, you know, I have it. Like, there's my small little shrine to Thanos that you know. And I'm like, why the fuck do I have so many Batman statues? I still don't know to this day why I have so many Batman statues. <laughs> For a character that's like, cool, right? For, for a character that I just, I really kind of like, <laughs> not not like not like I really like, I really kind of like. Yeah. Um. Like, why do I own so many Batman statues? I have what, like, twenty Batman statues. Um. And I, and I already just showed you like two more. I plan on buying. Right. right? Like right. That, that that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but, 
but they're things that I can I can actually look at anytime I want to. All I have to do is just look at them. Just you know, I can touch them. I can dust them off, which I, I'm not doing. Um, I, I can <laughs> I can do all that kind of stuff with them. But a virtual one, I can't even put them on a virtual bookshelf to look at yeah, altogether. Yeah. I mean, that to me doesn't make any sense. And then you're paying hundreds of dollars for it, and then someone says, "Oh, but this one, this one's really rare." No, it's not. It's virtual. <laughs> It's not rare. Oh, but they added an extra little code into it. It's yeah. that, it's that, tss, right? It's like that, that's what makes it all, makes a difference. See, theirs is just like, you know, one zero zero one zero one zero zero. Mine's one zero zero one zero one one zero zero one one. See, so it's that, tss, it makes it like, no, it's, why are you guys paying for that shit? Just because someone told you it was a collectible, someone told you it was rare, and you're like, okay. Like, no. So that leads me to my next thing, yeah. which is, I'm out here and I was, we were looking at Howard the Duck stuff and I looked at Howard the Duck and I see here that somebody on eBay has a Wolverine limited, limited series, the, the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller Wolverine limited series. Mm-hmm. Number one, CGC graded as 9.9 and they want $32,500 for it. For which issue now? Wolverine limited issue series, number one. Okay. And a CGC 9.9 grade. What is the overstreet value on something like that? I think for that book, I think it's a couple hundred dollars now. Is that all? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I mean, because, well, it's it's not a first appearance, but it typically first appearances and first issues are really high demand. Uh, and then follows close by second issue because most people then don't buy the second issue, just buy yep, the first issue. Yeah, because they're, they're like low low print runs. So, um, but, and I mean, this, this, is the, this is the Wolverine versus you know versus the hand and uh and Mariko's like father and you know, silver samurai fight i mean it's all good stuff i mean you know every everything that the wolverine movie should have been yeah you know with the hand which you know uh with you know, the wolverine loaded up full of arrows and shit and everything yeah, that's yeah. all good stuff oh well you you think the thirty two thousand is bad here's one for a hundred and one thousand but okay i don't give and, and some people say well it's cgc graded but just because cgc graded doesn't make the value any higher. So if I'm looking at, at like Overstreet, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that we're going to say Overstreet is the is the uh, the like the, the main price guy that you would use. It's not always not always you know as accurate on some books, but the main one you're going to use. Yeah. If yeah. it listed as and being like in uh, in near mint at let's say five hundred dollars. Yeah. Getting at a higher grade is not going to shoot the the value up that more, and that's what be, yeah, but it's a higher grade, so obviously it's going to go up. Well, near mint is is near mint, right? Yeah, so that should yeah. already be somewhere in like a nine point five or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. like four more points up is not really going to make shouldn't make that much of a difference in the price. Plus, I thought nine point eight was the highest you could get with CGC. This says nine point nine, and it's got the little I, picture right there. I mean, I thought nine point eight was the cap. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I've, I've never like CGC'd any of my own books. I don't want to. Why? Well, I don't want to lock a book away and and you know never be able to look at it. Sometimes I might. We'll take a book and just look, just look through it, like flip through, yeah, it, like okay, yeah. that's kind of cool. But it shouldn't take the price up that much. So, and I, I know some people say, well, well, yeah, but it's this particular book, and it's it's really rare. But this book's not that rare. It's not like Amazing Fantasy fifteen yeah, rare. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, here's uh, according to comics.gocollect.com, a 9.8 grade is uh, marketed value of $950, and okay. that I can understand because it's his first solo comic book series, and, and it's a pinnacle of his story too. Yeah, yeah. So I can see that. I think that's fair. I mean, here here people are selling this, the whole series one through four for a hundred bucks. 
I mean, that whoever's whoever's trying to this is only a 7.0 too. Whoever's trying to sell the 7.0 for $101,000 is fucking nuts. All right, so and I know people are going to be like, but it's the higher grade, yada yada yada. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, but that still doesn't make any sense if you stop and look at it. So, because you're saying because it's graded at this, it automatically makes the value more. Mm-hmm. So let's take a book like, um, oh, I don't know, uh, let's say Top Dog Number One by Star Comics, <laughs> and it's a nine point nine. Are you telling me that book now is worth a thousand dollars? No, it's still a dollar book. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's a dollar book because that's the only thing. Because the value really is only dependent on what someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. And the fact that you haven't sold this book yet for $32,000 means that no one's willing to pay for it, which means that it doesn't really have that kind of value to it, even though it's, it may be, be like perfectly graded. If you take a handful of shit books and you perfectly rate them all at 9.9, that doesn't make them, you know, worth like thousands of dollars. Yep. It, it doesn't. And that, that's what I don't think like, people just don't seem to understand. Like it, you look at it because you're looking at it as a as a rare book. Like the 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 rare the book or the more important it is. Yes, but the grading doesn't matter. The grading does not matter as far as that goes because you're saying that the grading is what makes it worth so much. But if I take a shit book and I grade it, then exponentially the value should be more, just like you did with this one. Yeah, and it doesn't I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The grading yeah. is only a small factor because like there's also the popularity of the book and. Um, I mean, there's there's like there's different things that make a book valuable. But if you're saying that that um, that graded at the, with the nine point eight mm-hmm. makes a, makes Wolverine seven hundred dollars, something like that. I don't remember what it said. Oh, apparently the scale goes all the way up to ten. I have never seen a ten. Yeah, I don't think you ever will. But I'm saying, but if if the grading um, brings up to brings it to that, then yeah, nine fifty, nine fifty, nine fifty. So you're saying the popularity and all that stuff. Well, the popularity actually is what gives it the value in the first place. The grading would just be a multiplier. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if the grading only brings up the 9.8 gets it to 950. So you're saying that that extra 0.1 takes it up like like threefold? I'm like, no. I mean, all I have to go off of is the Overstreet thing. Well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking to the to their, their listeners. Yeah, yeah. No, that does not make any sense. But then if, you, if that's the math you're going to apply, then you have to apply to every book. Mm-hmm. And that means that you can take a shit book, give it a, get a, a get it CGC 9.9 graded, and then you're going to apply the same multiplier to it, and that's going to make it now worth 100 bucks. No. No, it doesn't. And it'll never sell for that. Because if, if that were the case, then you would have everybody and their mother out there going through dollar bins. And there's some dollar bins out there or some 50 cent bins where those books are still bagged and boarded. Yeah. So you very you could very well but, find a book with a, with a grade like that. I don't know. I mean, that's the difficulty is that getting your stuff graded by the CGC, they decide what that grade is. Mm-hmm. They look at it. They say, okay, well, you've got some spine rolling here. You've got some wear at the staples. You've got this. You've got that. We're going we're gonna to grade it at six. And then, like, once it's graded, it's graded. You're never going to be able to grade it higher. Right. So, I mean, that's that's where that value comes into the grading process is that, like, it's hard to find a book in mint condition. It's hard to find a book in near mint. Most of these don't have the prices listed for, like, 9.9 or 10, which is why I didn't even think 9.9 or 10 was a thing in this. I thought 9.8 was the, the top because they've never they've never had one before. But like they you, don't they don't know how to price it because it's never existed until this point. Right, but but I'm saying if you take a book 
that really doesn't have any value that no one's really looking for, mm-hmm. that no one even really wants, and you happen to find one that's in really good condition, maybe maybe you worked at a, at a comic store or you bought like a lot of, of comics from some some store that that went under, mm-hmm. and those box those books that were sitting there from the day that they were boxed up, and you've got a bunch of books that nobody cares about, you know, and and so they're in really good shape, and you get them graded. There's still books that nobody cares about. So if someone's not willing to buy it for 50 cents, just because you grade it and now you say it's worth $50, you know. The thing the thing with any kind of collecting stuff like, of any sort is that, you know, it's only worth what people are willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it really doesn't matter what the CGC price is something at. Because, you know, it's really ultimately, if you stick it on eBay, you're, you're at the mercy of your bidders. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I don't disagree with that. Hmm. And I, that's why I don't like the whole grading thing. You know, um, I was, uh, you and I were at the, con, at the Galaxy Con, and someone had some, some, uh, video games there that never been opened. Yeah. First off, I'm not buying a game, you know, that's never been opened. I'm going to pay like thousands of dollars for it. That's all sealed away that I can't play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, the whole thing of me getting it so I can play it. Now, if I already have it on an emulator or something like that, then, I mean, if it's something I just really, really love, but do I have to get a graded version of it, like that, I, to have like that? That I'm going to pay that I'm, much money for something that I'm never going to open. I've never even seen like a, a grading system for collectible video games until the past year. Or so I mean, shit. If I bought the Mona Lisa, at least I can still look at the bitch every day, right? <laughs> you know, what the hell you smiling about? Like I would, I could see getting like a, a still factory sealed uh, Earthbound or something like that, because mm-hmm. you know that that carries some significance to me. Like that, that's a cool, it's a cool conversation piece and it's something that means a lot to me personally. So I could see doing that, but like all this, all this frenzy over people selling like still boxed, like Super Mario Duck Hunt cartridges or something. It's like, that's such a fucking common game. It's so common. When I was a kid, people would like mail into Nintendo Power and shit like that, that they're just like painting them and making furniture and shit out of them because they have so many of them. So, so the Earthbound thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, but would it matter? I mean, obviously, if you have one that, that was, someone had one that was, uh, that was unopened, the, the, like that they wouldn't have had it, uh, had it, um, graded yeah. is, is, you know, rare. But, so let's just say that there was one available, right? What's the max that you would pay for it? I don't know. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. I, because I know that, Hmm. Okay, let me ask you. I, I just I, I want to I want to phrase this without sounding stupid. Okay. It's it's a struggle. Um. So the game originally came packaged with a player's guide, which mm-hmm. is very rare. If it were actually the entire original package with the player's guide and everything, and you know just like completely unopened and untouched, I could see spending a thousand on that. Mm-hmm. I I would I'd possibly even go up to fifteen hundred if I was really feeling froggy. Now it's it's still it's packaged, never been opened. Mm-hmm. The corners are kind of dinged. Maybe maybe the side of it is like a little little crushed in, right? I mean, if it's beat up like that, then I wouldn't want to go that high. But would you still want it? I'd still want it. Yeah. Would it matter to you? It was still unopened. So, like you know, they ran through X-ray machine. All shit's still in there, right? Would it matter to you if it was graded or not? No. No, because you know, again, it's like this. This is a personal thing for me. See, and that's what I don't get, like people getting books graded. Because the thing is, the only reason they're getting it graded is because 
they want to be able to sell sell it for more. Because yeah, it, it's they're they're trying to make this an investment. People have always said that comics appreciate faster than blue chip stock. Yeah. It's basically trying to add on uh, artificial value to it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, you know, you can say whatever you want about comic books and about value, and with the exception of. Your mainstay heroes, your Spider-Mans, your Iron Man's, your Thor's, your... And I'm not even going to put Hulk in that category because Hulk is one of those characters that fluctuates back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never been one... Even Thor kind of since has been one that fluctuates back and forth. Yeah. They've never been ones that actually have always stayed popular. Iron Man's really popular now. And he, I think he maybe had was decent back in the 80s, but he was one that never really had a, a, a large popularity. They even talk about that when making the Iron Man movie. Yeah. But you take like a Spider-Man, you take a Captain America, you mm-hmm. take the X-Men... Um, some of the other characters, like, they were always popular. They always pretty much stayed popular. And so nothing you can do is ever going to make that go away. Right, right. But you take someone like a Deadpool. Everybody loves Deadpool. You know, not me. Everyone else loves Deadpool. <laughs> so, um, but when, you know, was it the uh, New Mutants, what, number 98 or whatever? Uh, 97, 98 came out. Nobody knew Deadpool. Nobody gave a shit about Deadpool. Then yeah, he showed yeah. up again later. Nobody gave a shit about Deadpool. When the Circle Chase, like, four-issue series came out, nobody gave a shit about Deadpool. Mm-hmm. When the other book, no one gave a shit about Deadpool. When his uh, his ongoing series came out, right, it, 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 you know, people, it sold. People bought it. No one really still gave a shit about Deadpool. He was mm-hmm. an okay character that people liked. He was still a fringe character, right. though. And then, of course, uh, his Dun & Broadstreet just went way up. And now, like, everything about Deadpool is just, it just goes for who knows how much. Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden people just stop writing about Deadpool, his comics books are going to go down in value. Yeah, Wolverine's yeah. books are never going to go down in value. You could, I mean, hell, Wolverine, quote unquote, died for like four years or something. His books never dropped in value. Right. You had Old Man Logan, but he wasn't the same. He wasn't the Logan you knew. Right. Right. And, but your Logan books never went down in value. But if people just all, if, if suddenly they kind of, quote unquote, killed off Deadpool, which of course Marvel wouldn't do, but if they did and people start writing about him. His books would drop in value. And the thing is, he went up in value, but at the time, he was never, he was never meant to be, or never originally designed to be the character that he is right now. Mm. So you never know what book is going to come out of obscurity to be something big. Yeah. Yeah. You never, you don't know that. And then the only, the only reason Deadpool got any traction was because they took it out of Liefeld's hands. Cause like the, the character wasn't interesting or likable when Liefeld was doing him. Well, I mean, so the only thing he really did was draw him. I'm, you know, uh, I'm still, I'm still going to go back to Nicieza. Nicieza brought him, gave him life. Exactly. And I think, was it, uh, Wade gave him a little bit more life. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, was it, uh, Joe Kelly really kind of breathed that, that, uh, extra bit of life into him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, that's what I'm saying. And then to top it all off, the person said, okay, I think we fill this life meter up pretty good. Let's go ahead and put a cap on it. it. Was my man Christopher Priest. Yep. So, uh, but, but he was just out there on the fringes, you know, like you said, and, uh, and so, uh, you never know like which character from some place is just going to like, just, just shoot up in value. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and when they do, they could just fade away, you know, just as quickly. And you've seen that happen. Like a lot of times a person's really popular right now. The next thing you know, they get nerfed or whatever. And then it's, you know, okay. You know, bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and because that's why I go back to the whole grading thing is like, if, if I grade it, you're basically saying because the grading is so good, that makes the book worth a lot more. But if the book doesn't really have any value to begin with, I don't really care what it's graded at. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care, and I'm not going to pay more than what it. Then, yeah, I'm not going to pay that extra amount because you're saying just because it's graded. Um, so, 
Uh, I I, I see that so much and I hate it because people are all chomping at the bit for grading. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it's grading as in like it's getting on my nerves. (laughs) And I I don't have, I mean, uh, Wallcrawler bought me a graded book, X-Men 171. I love it. I love that book. And I, and I'm really thankful for it because he bought it as a friend. He's like, Hey, I think you thought you would like this. Yeah. I yeah, do. That's, that's special. Right. It is. Um, it's, it means a lot to me because of the gift, because he thought of me, because I do love that book, that issue so much. That, yeah. That because issue. there's, there's that sentimentality right. to it for you. There's like, you've got that history with that book. Yeah. Um, and if it was the right price, um, yeah, I would have bought it graded or not. The fact yeah. that it was rated doesn't mean anything more to me. It means a lot to me that he bought me a graded book. Right, I'm like, cool. Right. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, for, for me, the only reason I would have to buy graded books would be the conversation pieces. And, like, it would have to be something that I'm a huge, huge fan of. So, like, the first Ninja Turtles book, I could see getting that. Oh, yeah. Slabbed and boarded. And, like, the reason for that is, you know, I've read the book. I know I like it. And I know that's not going to be the only way I can read it. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, hey, I've got this reprint, I've got this reprint, I've got this reprint, but check this shit out, here's the original. You know, here you can see it's oversized, where they didn't know what they were doing, working as self-publishers, they didn't give their printer the proper instructions. So here's here's this this big, clunky, oversized book. That That's a cool conversation piece. I'm just, I'm just going to have to break in here. What do you want again on it? Oh, just pepperoni sausage. Okay, I, th- I thought it was sausage, I didn't remember. Yep, yep. All right. Thank you, uh, sure. Uh, sausage. Right. <laughs> Talk gauge. Uh, so, like, yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, what's your only kind of cheese? Uh, just the, the default, the mozzarella. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I could I could see doing that with, like, some Mad Magazine stuff, which I don't I don't think, I don't think that would ever be in my pay grade. <laughs> like, I don't oh, think yeah. I could ever afford an original, like, issue one of Mad. Um, Gru? The thing is, there's a lot of issue ones of Gru, so... And and they they kind of do that on purpose to not intentionally drive up the value of their books, right? Because like the the thing is, if you start over issue one anytime you move to a new publisher, that drives up sales. People are more likely to buy an issue one. <clears throat> yep, but that's, that's the, why you always see them always keep starting at issue one, issue one, issue one, mm-hmm. because people see that and they just they immediately gravitate towards it. And- yeah, but the trade off to that is that that drives down the collector's value because now you've got like. Oh yeah. Oh hey, you've you've got this thing here, issue one. But is it you know, issue one, series one, issue one, series two? Mm-hmm. Is this issue one of the miniseries? So like in the long run, it's not beneficial. But like I, I could see like if I if it was like the epic run of Gru, yeah, I, I would I could see getting that slabbed. But I, you know, Gru's first comic appearance was actually um, Destroyer Duck. Which, oh, really? it, it, which is ironic, because that was what they did as a fundraiser to help Steve Gerber raise money to fight Marvel in court for the rights to Howard. Um, so, Destroyer Duck is a really interesting comic, because it's Jack Kirby basically going full cartoonist, and I really, really dig it. Um, but, like, I don't... I've, I've got Destroyer Duck issue, and I don't think I would ever want to pay extra money for that to be slabbed, though. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the idea of taking something and like locking it away yeah. to where you can never ever touch it again. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing in Ink Heart where like when they're looking for the book and one of the collectors is like, I don't. I don't like people who collect books because they're books. Mm-hmm. I like people who collect books because they care about what's in them. So, so how, how long have we going with this topic? Um, like thirty minutes. Really? Already? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. All right, so all right, let's go ahead and let's draw this one to a close. We'll slap it as a mini right. episode. Do, and we'll, do draw, a real, we'll do our real episode. Um, but I want to say this, though. All right, I'm going to take, take everything we, I just said, mm-hmm. and I've got my book in there. It's in the it's in the, uh, it's in in the the case. It's been graded. 
I pop the case open and I take the book out. The I'm book, not... the book is still. Can you get it out of the case like that? Yeah. Really? You just have to break the case open. Hey, you can just take up something incredible. You can cut the around the edges of it and just break it open. Okay. It's okay. just it's just sealed. Um, the book is still nine point nine graded. Mm-hmm. And if you say that, and it technically is still worth the same, but now it's been taken out of it, and it says if it's taken out of this, it's not this. It, you know, it loses all the value. Then you're kind of in a sense saying that the remaining, the other value is actually in the case, not mm-hmm. in the book. Now I get what they're saying, you know, that we can't guarantee that this is the same book and all that stuff because it's no longer in the case. But if I'm if if we're there and it's been graded, they say they just hand it to me. Here's your graded book, and it's this, and we assess the value at X. Mm-hmm. And I take the book, cameras on me, I don't go anywhere. We're all still standing, still standing at their table, right? I have no clothes on at all. That way you can see I'm not pulling any side of the hand shit. <laughs> all right. And I take something and I break the case open, just crack it on the sides, slide the book out. It should still be worth that same price because they can still look at it and tell me that, yes, this is the same book. Nothing has changed with it. Yeah, should be. But it's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. Because part of that grading is saying that it's in here, in this format, the way it is, that's what gives it the value because we said that. And if it's outside of this case, we can't guarantee that even if we're looking directly at it, that then does not make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. People are people are weird with it. Yeah, so I I recommend that everybody uh, read the graphic novel um, Wimbledon Green, the greatest comic collector in the world, or the <laughs> world's greatest comic collector. It's by Seth, who uh, is that really eclectic Canadian cartoonist. Does a lot of stuff for Fantagraphics and drawn in quarterly. Uh, great artist, I, I love his stuff. He, he intentionally tries to make his stuff like have that 1950s New Yorker look. Oh, nice. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff. But Wimbledon Green is a really fun, whimsical comic that actually kind of goes into this whole thing of, like, here's the insane lengths that people are going to for these rare books. It's like, dude, you're not even getting to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. It's it's an extremely enjoyable read. Like, I have, I have legitimately read through it, like, probably four or five times at this point. Wow. I, I read through it at least once a year. It was brought to my attention by uh, Schweitzer, of course. So, like, anytime Chris Schweitzer recommends a book, I'm going to have to pick it up. Of course. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an extremely fun book. So cool. Anyway, yep. So, on that note, that's that's all I've got to say about it. Yeah, I'm done. Just, I see that so often, and people are like, yeah, but but now it's worth this. I'm like, no, it's, 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 it really isn't. And yeah, yeah. I think they just get kind of caught up in the hype, and they, they really get caught up in the money. Like, they're, mm-hmm. like, like, dollar signs fill their eyes, and that's the only thing they can think about. And I'm like, okay. But that's part of me. People sometimes ask me, is like, is like, you know, uh, so, you know, would you ever sell your stuff? I'm like, no, I have no intention to ever sell my stuff. I don't want to sell my stuff. Why would I want to sell my stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. No, not, not at all. Would you, uh, would you ever invest in Action Comics number one if you had the chance? Would I ever invest in it? Yeah. Like, would you ever, like, try to get one knowing that it's going to increase in value later? I mean, if I was going to get Action Comics number one, I'd get it because Action Comics number one. Right, right. I mean, I don't care about the vibe. I mean, again, I'm a guy that's got, that has a, um, um, uh, like some Nick Fury shields and shit like that in my, in that Captain America. It's not in the greatest shape, but I have that book. Right. right. I had that, that, that important pinnacle book. That's all I give a shit about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, if I want a better one later, I'll try to get, now I will if I can afford it. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, I have it. Right. And even though it may not be in the best condition, there's a lot of people that don't have it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a readable copy. It's just not in an excellent condition. But That's again, fair. 
I have it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, that's me. All right. So this this has been fun. This is a little bit of a short one, but we do that every once in a while. If, uh, if you don't like it, you can, you know, listen to another podcast. Yeah, if you don't like what we have to say about uh, about comic books and things like that, there's a there's a uh, another podcast out there that talks about comic books. It's called, uh, what's it, Gutter Mouths, Gutter Balls? Get, uh, in the gutters, in the gutters. So you can check out in the gutters. Uh, check out in the gutters, and um, you know, and those guys actually know a little bit more about comic books, I think, than we do. But I mean, that's your choice. Yep. Yep. Anyway, bye everybody. Bye everyone. Shameless cross promotion. All right, there, folks. That was. Our moms think we're funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.